Hello, and welcome to One Heart, One Voice with your hosts, Nick and Sarah. Our podcast is about the LGBTQ plus community and the struggles that come with coming out and being your true self. While we focus mainly on LGBTQ+, we also talk about the struggles of day-to-day life. Whether you're dealing with addiction, a relationship, feeling alone, or more. Sarah and I are here to listen and to make sure you know you are not alone. Welcome to One Heart, One Voice with your host. Nick Ronzo and Sarah. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm well. How are you today? Good. So today we are going to touch on kind of a subject that's, um, I guess, what would you say? Sensitive. Sensitive. <laughs> Sensitive slash triggering slash yeah. all of the above. Yeah. So listeners, you know, listen at your own discretion. Yeah. If um, So I want to put that out there first. Um, what we are going to talk about today is sexual assault. And, and harassment, and harassment. And, yeah, yeah, within the LGBTQ plus community. Yeah, we know what happens outside that community. Yeah, but um, we'll focus mainly on the LGBTQ plus community today. So, if you have um, experienced this in any way, shape, or form, you know, if it's triggering, um, we just want our listeners to know that you know we understand. Don't listen, whatever. Mm-hmm. But if you want to contribute. Um, at the end of the show, obviously, you know, you can, uh, email us, reach out to us. Yes, absolutely. And then also to know that there are, um, outlets that people can use, um, you know, if you are a victim of sexual assault, Mm -hmm. uh, there is a sexual assault hotline, which we will link, uh, in our description. Um, we'll even at the end of this, give you the number for the sexual assault. If you, uh, need to reach out to that, to those people. And then also too, if you have been a victim of sexual assault, uh, please know that you are not alone in any demographic, whether it be within the LGBTQ plus community or outside of that community, it's not one-sided. Um, it doesn't, and it's a sad fact, but like sexual harassment and sexual violence, it doesn't discriminate. Like it can happen to anybody. So just know that you are not alone and that there are outlets uh, for you to get help. Exactly. So with that said, I guess we'll um, get right into it. So I found this article um, and it was posted by, I think it's hrc.org. I talked about the like sexual assault within the LGBTQ plus community. Um, And in in this, it does say that like, you know, sexual violence uh, does affect every demographic of that community. Well, Mm -hmm. pretty much of every community. Uh, including the LGBTQ people. And so according here, it says in that first little bit, it says according to the Centers of uh, Disease Control and Prevention or the CDC, uh, lesbian, gay, and bisexual people experience sexual violence at similar or higher rates than straight people. Mm. And when I read that, like, I thought, oh my God, like, I I never thought that. Like, I always thought it was more, now this is just me, you know, my opinions. I I just always thought it was probably more straight people that experienced right. sexual violence because you don't hear about, I was gonna say you, you know, know, yeah, you don't hear about the other side of it, you know, mm-hmm. because on, in newspapers or, you know, columns, magazines, even on the news, you only hear about like, if a woman was raped or if a woman was sexually assaulted, you never hear about it 
you know, if it, you know, if it was a man who was sexually assaulted or if it was, you know, a transgender or, you know, you don't hear about those topics. You only hear a man raped a woman Mm -hmm. or a man abused a woman. So when I saw that, that like within that community, the like it's higher, it's more Mm -hmm. common within that community. And I thought that was like, kind of eye-opening yeah the um the national coalition for anti-violence um, projects they estimate that nearly one in ten lgbtq um survivors are out there oh my gosh that's Same horrible figure. yeah like i mean it i don't know like i you know i we've talked about it like mm-hmm. i'm a sexual assault survivor i'm a two-time sexual assault survivor and it's not an easy thing to deal mm-hmm. with it's it's really not you know and Especially, you know, if it happens, because we've talked about how like the younger generations right. have a hard time dealing with, with, you know, life and, and different aspects, you know, yeah, you see a lot of them posting out on social media about, you know, representing the LGBTQ plus community mm-hmm. and trying to, you know, bring awareness to that community or bring awareness to more, you know, highlighting you know gay problems or bisexual problems or Mm -hmm. lesbian or transgender or non-binary like you know you have all these younger generation or the younger generation trying to bring awareness to all of that but at the same time they're you know they're not bringing awareness within that community of being a sexual assault survivor right you know and i think that is a topic that um, needs to be spoken about. Mm-hmm. I think it needs to be more open. It's not just within the straight community. It is within the LGBTQ plus community. But yet, I also do think that the younger generation, they don't know how to deal with it. Yeah. It's not like with our generation, like, and I'm not saying by any means, like how I dealt with it was perfect. Right. Like I, I literally dealt with my, my abuse, my own way. Mm-hmm. And I got help in my own way. But I think a lot of them don't, one, I don't think they realize the outlets that they have at their disposal. Yeah. Whether it be, you know, calling sexual assault hotlines or going to, you know, police or going to family members about what happened. And, you know, they don't really know how to talk about it. Like and a they, lot of them are afraid to. Exactly. And yeah. they feel like they're not going to be believed. Yeah. Well, right. I mean, it's the whole like crying wolf scenario. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that like you have people out there within the community that are like, Oh, this happened to me. Feel bad for me. Oh, this happened to me. Right. Feel bad for me. It, it's not so much like the like it is the cry wolf scenario, but it's like you you also too you hear about all these traumas and abuses that go on, mm-hmm. and it's so hard, you know. And then especially with sexual assault survivors, there's records out there that are like, oh yes, you know, this person raped me or this person abused me, but then they retract their statements. Right. So it's like, how do you? differentiate between did this actually happen or didn't actually happen mm-hmm. you know because you have so many women straight women who whatever they want to stick it to somebody and they're yeah. like this person raped me or this person beat me you know but then once there's really no evidence found of that abuse mm-hmm. they retract their statement and be like oh that really didn't happen right. and so it's like i think within the lgbt Q plus community. I think it's the same way. It's like, there's so many people out there that fake these type of things. Mm-hmm. What if something like that actually happened? And then exactly. they don't believe me because there's so many people out there crying wolf. Right. Exactly. I didn't really think about this much, but it, reading it, it does make sense. And it, and it makes me say, you know, that that is why, you know, that that would be why 
it says here, um, as a community, LGBTQ people face a higher rates of poverty, the stigma, the marginalization, which puts us at a greater risk of, mm-hmm. for sexual uh, assaults. Yeah. Um, and that makes sense because if you think about it, um, uh, nowadays, a lot of teenagers and stuff are getting kicked out of their homes. Yeah. They have no place to live. So now they're stuck on the streets. Yeah. You know, now it's people can take advantage of them. You know, because yeah. they're young, they don't know, they have no place to go. Yeah. So it does make sense. And they're already dealing with the stigma of being part of that community. And then just the snowball effect, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and then, too, also within that, you know, I do know that, like, along with sexual assault and stuff, it is, like, more within a hate crime mm-hmm. as well for the LGBTQ plus mm-hmm. community. Like, you, like y'all have y'all do have a higher rate of hate crime yeah now i'm not i don't have those statistics in front of me but i do know that like you know you do hear a lot more about the lgbtq plus community having hate crimes constantly mm-hmm. yeah. yeah but i i just i don't know I've, it makes me feel so bad because it's like you know before all before this person you know if they came out so say like you know just hypothetical Okay, hypothetical situation. So, like you, you know, you said in your one of your first episodes, you know, like when you were coming out, like mm-hmm. you had known kind of who you were, mm-hmm. you know, throughout your whole life, right? You know, and people always like teased you and bullied you and stuff like that, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's like, but just think, like with your situation, do you think you would have if you had come out, like when you were younger, right? And you had came out. Do you think you would have been harassed do you think you would have been a victim of violence i think i would be harassed definitely yeah even though i was extremely harassed like i had mentioned in my first episode telling Mm -hmm. my story every single day going to school yeah it i think it would have been worse maybe not i mean because i did say in my in my um podcast too maybe it would have been better but i don't know it's one of those things where you know, I didn't come out. I was treated harshly every day. Right. If I did come out, how, you know, would have gotten better, would have not. But then with my family base, I knew my real dad, it wouldn't have been a good thing. Yeah. And my brothers and, you know, some of my other fans. So I, I was, I really don't know. I, yeah. I do think, well, I, mean, I would say part of it, I would be very, I think, Part of my life, I would be harassed by certain people. The other part, maybe not so much. Yeah. As far as the maybe being violent, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know that. I mean. I mean, I I don't want to like speculate or anything, but at the same time, it does beg a question. Like, you know, if you had come out sooner, do you think mm -hmm. you would have been a victim, you know, of, of like hate i don't want to say like hate crime but like you know at the same time like do you think you would or do you feel that you would have been a victim of violence i think probably with some of the kids i was in school with i think they'd be there was there would probably be some gay bashing if you want to say yeah i i do i think um i think part of why i think part of me denying it constantly in school i think is what probably saved me from anything worse from some of the kids Mm -hmm. um so that was kind of a fear in me anyways. Right. Wondering, okay, well, if I do come out, 
you what's going to happen. What's going to happen. Yeah. So I better just keep denying it. Gotcha. Okay. And I mean, you shouldn't have to deny who you are inside. Like, right. you know, and I don't want the younger generation and even the older generation, like even if they still mm-hmm. are, you know, living hidden within their lives, you know, if they're older than you or older than right. me or around the same age and they still haven't come out, like they shouldn't have to hide. No. And, and with that, with everything I just said too, I don't want anybody out there not to come out in yeah. fear of that because you know, you do, you never know, but the one thing you got to go on is you've got to live your true self. Yeah. You have to come out because the pain of holding it in is worse than the pain yeah. of coming out. Yeah. Now, do you think also too, within the LGBTQ plus community, do you think that, um, within that community, do you, especially when it comes to like sexual assault or just like hate violence or, or just violence in general, do mm-hmm. you think it could be due to the fact that like the LGBTQ plus community, like they're more, like they have a more open sexuality than straight people do, you know, like you mm-hmm. were, if like, for example, like if you go to a pride parade and you mm-hmm. see like half naked lesbians or you see men you know what I'm right. saying like or especially within like the transgender or um transvestites for example you know do you think that that might play a factor into it like if it's being over sexualized yeah. so that that kind of comes into effect where sexual violence would come mm-hmm. into play or um or even just like hate violence right do I you do, think, do you sadly think I do think it does you think over-sexualizing yeah. comes into that? Yeah, yeah, sadly. I think because with the LGBTQ plus community, we just want to have fun and be free and just live our lives who we are. Right. But I think that me personally, I gone to the parade. I don't wear the skimpy clothes and all that stuff. Right, I don't yeah. do that. But the ones that do, you know, that's fine. That's who they are. That's who they want to be yeah. to present. But I do think... For some people, it sets kind of like a that like a precedence, like you know, it sets it up. I guess yeah. it sets them yeah, up yeah, for that yeah. possibility. Yeah, and that's not what they're portraying, mm-hmm. what they want to portray, but it puts them in that. Right, risk. they're just trying to be their authentic selves. Exactly, but yet somebody could take that as over-sexualization. Right, because it's similar within the straight community. You know, like people say, well especially if, if of a rape victim, a, a female rape victim. And they're like, well, she shouldn't have been wearing that mini skirt in the first mm-hmm. place. And it's like, it's not always about what they're wearing. It's, right. n- it's not about that sort of stuff, you right. know? Um, Cause coming from my experience, I could damn sure tell you when it happened to me, um, I wasn't wearing anything skimpy. I wasn't wearing anything revealing like baggy clothes and t-shirts. Like mm-hmm. there was nothing overly sexualized about it. Right. You know, and it happened to me. So, but also too, I just think also there's just some fucking creeps out there mm-hmm. on, on both, both sides, whether it be within the straight community or the LGBTQ plus community, like there's just some fucking jerk offs, like, right. you know, and psychopaths and, mm-hmm. you know, people who have those type of violent tendencies. Yeah. And you know, most people need a swift kick in the fucking head. Yeah. Well, and sadly too, the the ones that, you know, like I was saying, that wear the, you know, barely any clothes or whatever to these yeah. pride parades, 
the excuse then is set into play where if God forbid one of them got assaulted, it would be considered, oh, well, they asked for it because yeah. of the way and they I were dressed. Yeah, I hate that fucking excuse. Yeah. Or not an excuse, and, but I hate that statement when people are like, oh, right. she was asking for it or he was mm-hmm. asking for it. And it's like, what were they asking for? And then for? they get criticized and then yeah. they get, you know, um, demoralized mm-hmm. and stuff, even in situations like that, because now everybody's looking at them, well, yeah, but you dress that way. Yeah, well, so what? It doesn't mean I wanted to get assaulted. Yeah. You know, well, then why did would you dress that way? That's that's too revealing. That's too much of a... It, the excuses, I mean, it's it's sickening. To, it is. To, it, it, it absolutely... You're right. It absolutely... That it even sickening. comes in play. Well, and then, too, you know, it's like people tend to forget that people, who, the abusers, the ones who do mm-hmm. these types of, you know, violence and, and, and everything like that, like, they're the ones who have the fucking issues. Right. Like, they're the ones who were, you know, uh, you know, beaten as children or who have, like, mental, you know, disabilities mm-hmm. or, I don't want to, no, excuse me, not mental disabilities, but, like, just mental health issues in general, right. you know, like, and, and I remember reading an article a few years back that it was, like, people who commit, like, sexual crimes or, like, violent crimes they've had violence or sexual abuse done to them. Mm -hmm. And so like they kind of stamp that on to someone else. It was done to them. So they'll do it to somebody else. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that's all the time true. There's just some fucked up people out there in the world, right? you know, but it's like, it does make you wonder like if, if it does get overly sexualized, sexualized, you know, especially if there's somebody out there, you know, like, because I remember I went to one of the Charlotte pride parades years mm-hmm. ago and it was, I remember seeing this girl with no shirt on, but she had like black electrical tape on her nipples yeah, the pasties, <laughs> the pasties or yeah. whatever. And I mean, yeah. it was hot as fuck outside that day, but like, like I, you know, to me looking at the, I'm like, all right, she don't have a shirt on, but at least her nipples are covered, you know, mm-hmm. like, but do you think that like, especially with somebody who is the abuser, like, do you think that, like, when they would look at this person, like a half naked, you know, lesbian mm-hmm. or a half naked, you know, bisexual woman um, out there at the Pride Parade or just in general, it could be a straight woman as well. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and there's obviously to us, there's nothing we could look at this person and there's nothing sexual going on in our minds. Right. But do you think that with the abuser, like they could look and then just automatically like they could over-sexualize her. Oh, I would think absolutely. I mean, because if that's where, if that's who they are yeah. in themselves, yeah. I think anybody, male or female, that dressed skimpy like that yeah. or, or really anything would be a trigger for them. Yeah. You know, and it just depends on what their preference is. Yeah. But, yeah, but yeah I think it would. I think it would. And, you know, that's, that's the unfortunate thing with during the Pride Parade it, I would think it could almost be a haven for predators in a sense. Yeah. Because it gives that opportunity to be able to get the chance to see people the way they in their minds that they would want to yeah. want to see them. I mean, well, and it's like, you know, a lot, a lot of, I know, predators, like they focus on like, you know, they'll go to bars and nightclubs mm-hmm. and like they'll drug women and, mm-hmm. you know, and they kind of hone in on those type of environments where it's, you think that you're, you know, like you're out, you're having a good time, 
you're comfortable, you mm-hmm. know, you're, you're amongst like-minded people or you're amongst like your peers and stuff. And, you know, and I think a lot of people too, they don't really, they don't pay attention to their surroundings. Yeah. Like I know when I was growing up, you should always be aware of your surroundings because you mm-hmm. never know what's going to happen. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and then even still to this day, like if I go into like a crowded place, absolutely. I'm scoping that shit out. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to try to look at all the different exits, mm-hmm. you know, cause I've been in situations where I didn't need to be. And I'm not necessarily saying I put myself in those positions, but shit fucking happens. Right. Like you go to a party and you're expecting just to have a good time, but then, Oh shit, a fight breaks out or, you know, like people are, are just getting hurt or just, mm-hmm. you know, they're like too much drugs are going on or something, you yeah. know, like, and so you got to find, you got to find a way out. You have to mm-hmm. keep yourself safe. You can still have a good time, but keep yourself safe. Yeah. And, you know, and I think that's where a lot of predators kind of like, because when you've had one too many drinks mm-hmm. or you've had some drinks, what happens? You kind of let loose mm-hmm. and, you know, you're kind of like feeling more good. Vulnerable. Yeah, you are more vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I think it's sad that not only with straight women, but I'm sure with women in the LGBTQ plus community, you know, when they go to bars or nightclubs, like they're having to cover drinks or they're, mm-hmm. they want to make sure that they go to the bars themselves to get their drink, you right. know? But also too, when you do that, you also got to make sure that the bartender isn't a creep. Right. And you know, he or she is not well, drugging your stuff. Well, and sad to say it does happen and it happened. It, it still happens. Um, I remember not too long ago, um, my husband and I went to a local club mm-hmm. and when we go out, we were always sticking together, always, you know, we'll have good drinks, we'll stay by each other, play pool, whatever. Yeah. And we know pretty much what we can handle the drink. Yeah. But this one in particular night, and, you know, first let me say there's no real solid proof of it, but there one particular night that him and I, after a couple of drinks, did not feel right. Yeah. And, you know, it was, it just wasn't the way we have felt before there's yeah. just something was off and we left and um i myself was worse than he was and um come to find out two of the other people that went with us one of them wasn't feeling right either and so we got to thinking that okay maybe somebody slipped something in the yeah. drinks because it doesn't matter how careful you are Unless you're holding that drink in your hand Mm -hmm. and you're constantly staring at it, you never know. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, there's no solid proof that that's what happened, but we kind of. But you knew something was off. Something was off. You knew something was off. You know, and so it does happen. And, you know, it happens a lot within the LGBTQ plus community. Yeah. At clubs. And, um, you know, like my oldest son wants to go to a club. Now that he's 18, he can get into a couple you know, where he has to wear a band. So, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. but I told him, if you go, you know, you have to watch yeah, because you're, you know, you're young, you know, this, and unfortunately people look out for that, even within our community. Yeah. You have to watch what you're doing, where you put your Well, drink. and then too, especially with, with the younger generation around his age, mm-hmm. especially they're the ones going in and they obviously have a stamp or mm-hmm. they have a band saying that they're underage, that they mm-hmm. can't drink. But also too, like if you go to a bar, you have to get your drink from somewhere. Right. And whether it's water or soda, mm-hmm. you know, like I know 
when I was 18 and I started going to clubs and stuff like that, like just how I am in mm -hmm. general, like, and if I went to a bar and I was like, Hey, can I get a water? One, I'd make sure that it wasn't in a cup. Mm -hmm. I'd always ask for bottled water and I'd always check the cap mm -hmm. to make sure that it hadn't been, the seal hadn't been broken on that cap. Cause I want to be the one that breaks that bottle open. Yeah. Like, because you never know, mm -hmm. you never know. And then like, even when I was growing up, you know, you would always hear about women getting drugged at nightclubs. Mm -hmm. And I know like my parents, when I turned 18, like they were just like, please be careful. Like when you go out, like, you know, we don't want to get that phone call. And yeah. so like, I always like, walk, you know, I, I would have, a, you know, I would have a good time and stuff mm -hmm. like that. You know, sometimes like I would pregame right. <laughs> before going <laughs> because a lot of my friends were older. And so like, I obviously I couldn't drink at the bar. Right. I'm 18, 19, 20 years old. So like I would pregame a little bit, you know, at my house mm -hmm. or, you know, wherever I was at, at my friend's house or something, you know, like, I'm sure if my mom ever hears this, she'd be like, what? You had alcohol <laughs> hidden in your, in our house. Um, um, but like I would, you know, I would do like little airplane shots or something mm -hmm. like that just to kind of have a nice buzz going. But at the same time, I wouldn't get to the point where I was like sloshed prior to going in because right. one bouncers are going to know like mm -hmm. you're underage, you shouldn't be in here and you're drinking, you, you, you're clearly drunk, right. but like, but also too, with that, like I would get a nice little buzz going and then we would get to the nightclub. I'd be fine, but I would, I would constantly be aware of my surroundings. Mm -hmm. And, you know, lots of times when we would go to clubs, like it would be a mass group of us. There'd right. be like 20 or 30 of us going at a time. So we would all be kind of looking out for each other, mm -hmm. but too, you know, you have to have, especially if you guys are partying, mm -hmm. you have to have a really good trust going on with the people that you're with. Yeah. And, you know, luckily I, you know, at the time I did have some friends that I could trust, you know, and there were a couple of times, like, especially with a couple of my girlfriends, like we would go out and we would physically witness some dude like slipping something in another girl's drink, whether mm -hmm. it be one of our friends or somebody else. And then we would notify like, you know, bouncers, we would tell like the bartender, like, Hey, this, this fuck just did this. Like we mm -hmm. watched him do it. And like, you know, we would always be trying to looking out, like you can still have a good time. Right. But you you still need to be conscious of, of what's going on around you. And I think a lot of people tend to forget that because they're like, oh, I'm with like 15 of my favorite friends and like we're all sticking together and huddling. But it's like at the same time, predators are going to take advantage of that. Mm -hmm. They're going to find a weak link mm -hmm. to get into that little group that you have and they're going to find a way. Mm -hmm. Because And I've always been a firm believer of this. Like if somebody wants to do something, they're going to find a way to do it. Oh, yeah. You just have to do your part to, to mm -hmm. prevent that from happening. Yeah. It helps to go, like I told my son, it helps to go, if you're going to go to a club, go with somebody. Yeah. Go with, either another person or a group of people, whatever. Yeah. Because it does help. It does. But it doesn't prevent. It doesn't prevent it. It and, helps. And it you deters have, it. Right. But you got to have an open mind that just because you're here with, you know, a friend or two or three or four, whatever, does not mean that something may not happen. To yeah. You. It just depends because it takes a split second for you to lay your drink down or turn your back to yeah. talk to somebody or get bumped or, you know, bumped into or something. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter who they were. Well, well, and then too, like, you know, I know like when I was growing up or, you know, when I turned 21 and I started going to bars and, and actually drinking at the bars. So like if I got a beer, um, one, I'd make sure that the bartender opened the beer in front of me. Mm -hmm. 
and my thumb would always stay on top of that bottle yeah. until I was ready to drink it. Like I'd be walking around with my thumb on top because like, I didn't want to take that chance. Like you're walking through a crowd mm-hmm. and then somebody just, you know, bump into you or something and that'll distract you. Like it's literally kind of like, you know, you'll have like two or three predators playing at the same game. So it's right. like you get bumped into and then you turn and look and then you're, you know, you have your hand off to the side with your drink. Mm-hmm. There's somebody behind you that you don't, or beside you on the other side that you don't realize what's going on. And they're dumping something in your drink while another right. one's distracting you. Right. Like it's a sad, like it's so fucking sad that we mm-hmm. have to think like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and it's sad that like, especially within the straight community and within the LGBTQ plus community that like men and women have to like we have to think of these types of scenarios Mm -hmm. to protect ourselves and to protect our friends and i think that's really fucked up because whatever happened to just going to a bar and just sitting down having a nice time listening to some good music dancing a little bit like and then you have to it's almost like you're having a good time but at the same time like you're paranoid in the back of your mind Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's and that's sad like it's just and you don't hear you don't don't hear about it you don't you have to make yourself aware you know, and just know that this stuff can happen. Yeah. Even though, you, and just because you don't hear about it doesn't mean it's not happening. Yeah. Because the one the one time you let your guard down totally is going to be the one time. Yeah, you know, it, it, it can happen. It can you happen, can, right. you can be a victim of that. Right. And it's like, and that's, oh, and it's just so fucking sad that like there needs to be more awareness out there, mm-hmm. you know, with, with shit like that. Like right. there, there really need it, there needs to be a topic of conversation, right. and I think a lot of it too also is rooted with the parents, mm-hmm. especially with the younger generation. They need to tell them like, look, these are this is a reality. Mm-hmm. You can still go out, have a good time with your friends, but you really need to be on your toes while you're out there because you know what? There's fucking creeps out there. Yeah, and the younger generation, they can't be like, yeah, 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 yeah. No, they don't know. They don't they know. They really don't know. Yeah. They haven't been out there. Well, and then too, and it's like, you know, not just within nightclubs. It's mm-hmm. like a lot of the younger generations, th- their parents aren't talking to them about these things. And so right. like they're getting victimized online. Like, mm-hmm. They have predators that Absolutely. are like hunting them down basically online mm-hmm. and like starting up these relationships. And then the younger generation are believing that these people are their friends or it's somebody who is like a like-minded age, but it's right. like, for lack of a better term, like it's, a sexual predator catfishing almost Mm -hmm. like you know you have these people out there who target the younger kids you know or the younger generation and they're just like oh this person is you know gay or they're lesbian bisexual transgender whatever and they pretend to be the same age and have these relationships with them online and Mm -hmm. then they go to meet and then they get abused or worse they die like mm-hmm. that should never happen so i think parents need to educate yeah That's you know big key. Big well because key. it was like with our generation we didn't mm-hmm. have all the social media stuff we didn't right. have all that like we were the leaders in aol and right. like <laughs> group chats and shit like that like right. we 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 basically our generation started that mm-hmm. for the most part and it was like i think with us we learned very quick hey mm-hmm. Like, shit you know, the shit fucking mm-hmm. happens. And mm-hmm. so, like, you know, the younger generation, they don't they they don't think it can happen to them. Right. And it's like, no, no, it can. No, mm-hmm. it can. It happened to all of us, like with people trying to, you know, be predators to us online growing up. Right. 
and doing these like AOL chat rooms and shit like that, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, no, and no, it can still happen. And it yeah. still does happen. It, it does. It does. To um, give uh, our listeners some um, insight here, um, some of these percentages. So it says here, 44% of lesbians and 61% of bisexual women experience rape, physical violence, or stalking by an intimate partner compared to 35% of straight women. That's, oh my God, that's awful. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, you know, you don't know this stuff and because you don't hear about it. Yeah. You hear it's mainly the straight women who right. are getting raped, you know, right. you, but you don't hear about that. And then it's like, or if you do hear about it, like the media, they cover mm-hmm. it up as if it's a straight woman being raped or, or, you know, sexual abuse or violent, you know, right. some sort of physical violence. They don't ever tell you if it was a lesbian and they're just right. like, oh, a woman was raped. Right. But it's like, is it a straight woman or is it a le-? Because I do think that you know yes their sexual orientation like it shouldn't matter but at the same time like in this sort of scenario i think it does matter Mm -hmm. well it gives a perspective to everyone out there and then lets people know who are in this in the lgbtq plus community that it's happening you know it's not just one dynamic it's happening across the board yeah. Um, well, it even says here, so like, m- you know, going from lesbian women and bisexual women, it says 20%, 26% of gay men and 30% of bisexual men experience rape, physical violence, or stalking by an intimate partner compared to the 29% of straight men. Hmm. And see, and that's another thing you don't hear about. Mm-mm. You don't ever hear about men getting raped. No. Unless it's in prison. Yeah. But like... And I'm not saying that like jokingly, no, like no, that, that is a real, that is a real thing. Like that mm-hmm. happens, you know, people think that like, oh no, that that's Hollywood being Hollywood. They only, you know, you only hear about that stuff on no, TV it's... and it's like, no, like men get raped in prison. Mm-hmm. Like that is a fact. Mm-hmm. It's a well, shitty fact, I mean, but it's a fact. It is. But I mean, if you look at it and uh, even on the, you know, women's prisons, yeah. they don't have the opposite partner in there. Yeah, so, unless it's like a prison guard or something like right. that, you know. So, you know, humans being humans, yeah, you know, that shit happens. Yeah. and But it's not talked about it much. Um, it goes on, 46% of bisexual women have been raped compared to 17% of straight women and 13% of lesbians. Like, and, and in here, 22% of bisexual women have been raped by an intimate partner. So regardless, like, you know, this is somebody you have been intimate with. Mm-hmm. This is somebody that you have consented to have a sexual relationship with. And then it's like, you don't consent. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. the one time you don't consent, this is what happens. Right. So like on this subject, like I can relate to that because the first time I ever got raped, it was with a consensual partner that I had mm-hmm. at the time. I didn't want to have sex. He did, mm-hmm. you know, and that is, a, and, and that's a, like and a lot of people don't realize it is like yeah you you will have like rape and sexual violence and physical vi- and other types of physical violence with strangers mm-hmm. or or you know a predator stalking a female or whatever you know a predator stalking a male like you will have that but a lot of people don't realize a lot of rape and sexual violence comes from somebody that you know. Yeah. It, it is a common factor. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think, oh, no, that's not how, you know, like, you don't know the person who raped you. And it's like, no, no, you mm-hmm. won. You you may not 
fully know them. Like it's somebody you may be acquainted with or you kind of run in the same group circle. You know, you have like some of the same similar friends, but a lot of the time rape happens with somebody that, you know, Mm -hmm. and a lot of it is with intimate partners. Right. And that's another thing that needs to be brought up and talked about. Mm -hmm. And that's where most of the fear comes in Mm -hmm. because I feel like what's the point of going and, and telling authorities or whatever because they're not going to believe me because you know I was consent with this person before I just wasn't at this time and you know it starts that whole yeah questioning they're reliable and their facts yeah. and all that and it's just it shouldn't be that way if no if you just because you're in a relationship and you've consented you know six times but this seventh time you don't want to doesn't mean that it's not rape and it's not important yeah. and it shouldn't be talked about. Well, and I think too, in the older generation, they think, okay, if you're, if you're married to somebody, you know, mm-hmm. and because I've heard women talk about this and it's like, oh, well, you know, when I got, you know, like I had, I was married to this person and we had sex like X, Y, Z amount of times. Mm-hmm. And then it was like the one time I didn't want to have sex. Like he took advantage of me and you know, like had sex, like not consenting sex, but it was like in their mind, they felt that it was consenting because they are married. Right. But it's like, no, you said no. Mm -hmm. And you, that's rape. You did not, you may have consented the the past 300 times Mm -hmm. that you've had sex before that, but that's a really long line of 300 times of having sex (laughs) 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 but like but it's like you know you've had you've consented all those times prior to having sex and it's like the one time you're like oh baby I don't feel good or Mm -hmm. I have a headache or you know like I'm cramping or you know something yeah but then it's like it's that one time where he's like he or she is like no I want to have sex and you're like no and then it becomes violent that is rape Regardless if you're married, regardless if you're in an intimate relationship, if you, if there are, if both parties are not consenting, it is rape, mm-hmm. point blank, period. And I think a lot of people tend to forget that. And I think a lot of women, you know, forget that too. And it's like, oh, I'm in a relationship with this person or I am married to this person. Like, it's not rape. No, honey. No, that is rape. Right. Period. Mm-hmm. You, you just got sexually abused. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's another thing that needs to kind of be brought forward into the light it doesn't matter if if you're you know in a relationship and then that person that you're in a relationship with rapes you or not rape is rape period mm-hmm. doesn't matter you can you you can't sugarcoat it you can't put you know goggles on it you can't do anything like that like it doesn't yeah. matter if you know the person not know the person if you're previously intimate not, you know what i'm saying like it yeah. doesn't matter no it doesn't rape is rape and it's wrong um it moves on to say 40% of gay men and 47% of bisexual men have experienced sexual violence other than rape compared to 21% of straight men. Then uh, let's see, it goes on to say within... Yeah, I do have a, hold on. I yeah. do have a question about that. So like if it's 40% of gay men and 40% of bisexual men have experienced sexual violence other than rape. So do you think like being a gay man yourself... Mm-hmm. Do you think that is where like gay men or bisexual men are, you know, kind of like a female scenario, like you're going out with your girlfriends or you're going out with your friends Mm -hmm. and you get drugged or is it, do you think that it's, um, 
kind of one of those, and this might be a triggering topic to some people, but do you think it's maybe one of those where it's like, you know, a schoolmate or something like that, like, you know, not so much wanting to experience, but they're like the abuser themselves, like they're Mm -hmm. gay, but they're fighting their inner, you know, inner bits. And then they take out that frustration and rage onto someone else. Do you think that like that 40% or 47%, do you think that could be a cause of it? It's like their abuser doesn't know how to handle you know, like being gay or doesn't, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I'm trying to I find think, the words to put it, but like, yeah, but I know what you mean. I think part of it is, I would say part of it is, um, but I would think, you know, part of those people would want to, if they're going to want to, if they don't want people to know who they are or wondering if within themselves, yeah. if that's who they are and they're curious um, and they take it out on, you know, a gay person or yeah. a bisexual person, I would think, majority of them would go all the way right for the full experience right i I don't know yeah i don't that's why i was asking because like with gay men i mean obviously i'm not a gay man so i don't know those things that's why i was asking that question do you think it's more you know like do you think it actually is a like a true act of violence or it's maybe them like fighting something with inside themselves which would also lead to like mental illness Yes, yeah, I would say so, because if you look back at the shooting that happened in Orlando at the gay club. Right, yeah, I remember that. Okay, so that guy, what they found out, apparently, with that guy that that was the shooter, he was fighting within himself. See, I didn't know that. See, I didn't know that. So they feel that because he was afraid to be who he knew he was inside and didn't want anybody to know, he took it out on the gay community. right. And instead of punishing himself only, yeah, he punished other punished people. Other people. Now, do you also too think, especially maybe with like gay men, mm-hmm. do you also think it could be past sexual abuse that kind of brings that out? And then I you think know, so. Kind of like how we talked about earlier, like mm-hmm. you know, if you've been previously abused, mm-hmm. you could abuse someone else. Yeah, I think so. I think if they're if that's still something within them or that frustration and they want to take it out on somebody else yeah because maybe they weren't ever listened to maybe they didn't get the proper help yeah but i don't want it to be seem like everybody who's been in a sexual i mean we, we want to make that clear yeah that it's not just just because you may have been in you know sexually assaulted in the younger age that okay that that means automatically you're going to sexually assault someone else yeah that's not what, saying. Yeah, that's not what what's happening we're we're looking at it as is it more of a possibility for that to happen with those you know uh, victims and i think it can yeah because you don't you don't really hear about like men being raped or gay men being raped you don't you don't really hear about that but according to these percentages and these statistics like Mm -hmm. it's still i mean 40 percent or 20 percent like that's still a good bit of men Mm -hmm. all across the board and i think as as myself being a gay man and with and the lgbtq Mm -hmm. plus community i think that that's um that's something we need to fight for to to be able to know that this is going on yeah because we've got younger generation growing up becoming part of the lgbtq community they need to understand that this stuff happens yeah and if it's not talked about 
then they're not going to know they're going to be naive to it. And then they're getting set up for a potential bad situation because they're not being told out there, Hey, listen, this does go on unless they're being told by friends who are in, you know, or who are in the community Mm -hmm. or, you know, family member, anybody that's experienced it or knows these numbers, they're not going to know. They're not going to know. Yeah. You know, so it's wrong that this, that you have to look up on the internet to get these numbers as opposed to know because you've heard yeah in the news hey someone's you know this is what happened you know to this person you don't hear that so yeah i um, mean it, regardless either way it sucks and and oh, there, yeah. there definitely needs to be brought awareness yeah completely. definitely definitely and it even goes on with the transgender so within the lgbtq plus community transgender people and bisexual women face the most alarming rates of sexual violence among both of these populations sexual violence begins early often during childhood okay so this is where we would talk about if they've mm-hmm. been previously abused yeah uh, in their lives now i did read an article one time it was online but i don't know if it was like a real article i just remember hap- like seeing it online or something i think it was mm-hmm. like on facebook a while back um and it was talking about how you know some transgenders want to change their gender because of the previous sexual abuse that they have experienced in their life. Mm -hmm. Now, do you think that, you know, do you think that is a, a good reason for someone to want to change their gender? Personally, I don't. Okay. No, personally, I don't. I, I, I'm not in those person's shoes, so I right. don't know what they're right. feeling inside, what think, they're like, going through. Right. I don't think it's something to, to change who you are because of that. Right. You have to stay true to who you are, no matter what the hardship was you went through. Yeah. You have to stay true to who you are. Yeah. Because I remember, this was a few years ago when I had, this is when I still had a Facebook, but like in that article, you know, they talked about how like there are more like men mm-hmm. who were sexually abused as children who later on to become transgender mm-hmm. and they become women to kind of cope and escape that sexual abuse that was done to them as little boys or, right. you know, whatever. So you, it, it was basically like they started out as, you know, they had that sexual abuse experience and then they became gay men mm-hmm. or, you know, not even gay men, but like, you know, they were still, I think it was like a small percentage in this article that were just straight men who later became transgender because they couldn't deal with the fact that they were sexually abused by a man as a man or as a young boy. And then they become transgender, but you know, they're lesbian transgender. So it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, do you think that, I mean, I personally think like, you know, I kind of agree with you, like, you know, they shouldn't have to change who they are. Like, you know, the abuse that happened to them, I think is awful Mm -hmm. and it should never have happened. But I also too kind of feel like maybe like if you are, if you're struggling that bad with the abuse, then you need to go get help. I don't think changing your gender is going to help because it's like, you can't just because you change your physical form, it doesn't, it, do, it doesn't wipe your brain and right. you still have to live with those memories. Right. Now, you know, I think 
I, I think that's a, a bit extreme. Mm-hmm. But like I said, like that article I read a few years ago, I don't know if it was like a legit article or if it was like an article created for Facebook kind of thing, you know. Right. But it did kind of like, you know, ponder some questions in my mind, like, oh my God, like, I wonder how, what, like, what is the percentage of the people that have been sexually abused and then they be, later on to become transgender to a kind of cope and deal mm-hmm. with that abuse. Like mm-hmm. if you were a boy and then you got, you know, sexually abused or molested and then you later on become a transgender female, mm-hmm. like, does that, re- you know what I'm saying? Like, does that really help? Or if you were a, a, a female and then you became a transgender boy, like, does that I would think, personally, I would think that would make it worse. Yeah. I would think that would just put so much more on on that person. Yeah. Because it just creates that sense of confusion within themselves, who they are, what their interests are, what their sexuality is, the whole nine yards. I think, yeah. it, would, I think it would just mass whatever, you know, everything else they're going through. Yeah. They do. Mm-hmm. Um, it um, go on to say here that 85% of victim advocates surveyed, excuse me, by the NCAVP reported having worked with an LGBTQ survivor who was denied services because of their sexual orientation or gender identity. The 2015 U.S. Transgender Survey found that one in five, that's 20%, of respondents who were incarcerated in jail, prison, or juvenile detention in the past year were sexually assaulted by facility staff during that time. Additional 17% of responders who stayed at one or more homeless shelters in the past year were sexually assaulted at the shelter because they were transgender. Mm. That's mm, it's awful. Mm-hmm. That's it so awful. It is. I mean, there, there's a lot that um, we've gone over today, and there's, there's yeah. so much more out there. Um, to talk about and it needs to be I think you're in agreement with me yeah it needs to be talked about it needs to be out there if you know if well, women men part of the LGBTQ yeah. plus community get raped or or sexually assaulted it needs to be told well and too and I don't think it should be I, I don't think it should like yes it needs to be it needs to be a conversation that is had mm-hmm. but it's not just a conversation that's had with just you know the straight community or the lgbt it like it needs to be a human conversation it affects all of us right like as people you know it's like i've said before in previous podcasts like we all live on this earth together Mm -hmm. like we share this planet and the best thing for us to do you know you don't have to you don't have to be like like like-minded right but you should still have respect for one another, you know, mm-hmm. like to respect boundaries kind of deal, Absolutely. you know, and like, you know, sexual assault, sexual harassment, physical violence that affects everybody mm-hmm. that affects not just with, like I said, not with just the straight community, not with just the LGBTQ, but, but everybody. Right. And like also too, especially if you live, especially on college campuses, mm-hmm. you know, people are, you know, there's women getting raped on college campuses. They're going to frat parties or house parties or, you know, local like college bars. It Mm -hmm. happens. It happens, you know, and it's a shame that it happens at college because you're there for an education, you know? Yeah. You can Mm -hmm. have a good time, but you know, it it just sucks. Like it it just like an all around and, you know, and also too, like people need to understand 
Like, yes, is our world beautiful? It is. Are people beautiful? Absolutely. Like humans have so much to offer this world. And if we all come together collectively, like we all can, can live I don't want to say peacefully because I I'm a firm believer that there will always be conflict. Right. But I think if we all can just have a mutual understanding of like be more accepting. Of exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to like someone's way of life. Right. And how they want to live it, but just you don't always have to go out of your way to make that person feel like shit. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Exactly. Like it, it goes both ways. Like yeah. I don't, you know, like not to get political, but, you know, I grew up in a fairly conservative area. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm kind of in between. I like to call myself purple. I'm in between, you know, Democrat and in between conservative. Like I have mm-hmm. a little bit of both values, but I'm not one. I'm not going to go out of my way to a conservative mm-hmm. to, to, to upset them. And, you know, they have a way of life and they have a way that they want to live. And that's great. Right. And I'm not going to go out of my way to someone who's a liberal or a Democrat mm-hmm. and go out of my way to, to hurt their feelings or just bash their beliefs. Right. You know, like I'm not going to do that, but I think, I think it's a common, common ground with everybody, whether, you know, it doesn't matter what side of the political aisle you're on, how you grew up, whether you're within the LGBTQ plus community or straight community or where, whatever, mm-hmm. like violence is violence. Exactly. And sexual assault, it's an all around, it's an, it's a human thing. And I think it needs to be talked about. Definitely. And I think the younger generation, they need to be made aware of this sort Mm -hmm. of stuff. Like, yeah, I'm sure with like, you know, the, the technological boom Mm -hmm. that's going on between, you know, especially like with online platforms and stuff like that. I'm sure they're, you know, it's being talked about, but it's not showing the reality Right. Of what can happen. They're right. like, oh, yeah, like if you do this or, you know, you can get abused or mm-hmm. if you do this, you could get abused. And it's like, no, that's not that's not always the case. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, you're right. All right. So listeners, listen, if you um, uh, I'm going to uh, read off some phone numbers here. I will also have these um, available um, on our podcast as well, typed up mm-hmm. so links and stuff. But. Um, let me do this. If you um, need to call the National Sexual Assault Hotline, uh, you, they, what they will do is when you call this number, they will put you through to a local um, crisis center. So um, the number for this is 1-800-656-HOPE. And that is 1-800-656-4673. It is a 24 hour, seven days a week uh, number. So you can call anytime. Don't be afraid to call. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's other numbers on there. There's the Anti-Violence Project. Serves people who are LGBTQ+. Um, that hotline is 212-714-1124. And we'll list um, some more, like I said, on our pages Um all these numbers. So if you didn't get these numbers jotted down now, they will be there. Um, and LGBTQ has a national help center. Um, their hotline is 888-843-4564. So those are just some of the numbers. Again, Sarah and I make sure they're available yeah, to you. Absolutely. And don't be afraid. Don't think just because you've consented with someone before 
and you didn't this time, that it's not an assault. If you didn't consent, it's not, you know, it, it's considered assault. Yeah. Don't let anybody tell you different. Yeah. If that's not, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Don't, don't, you know, just because you're married or dating someone and then you've consented the however many times prior and you don't want want to give consent this time around and they take advantage of you, that's assault. That is rape, like point blank period. And, you know, and, and I know it's going to kind of be cliche, but, you know, no means no. Like, right. you know, absolutely. And people need to understand that. And, and also to know that, like, there are outlets that you can reach out to. You know, you need to talk to somebody if you have been sexually abused mm -hmm. or have had other types of physical violence done against you. Like, you need to talk to somebody about it. It's the only way that you will be able to move forward within your life. Absolutely. You know, there, there are so many outlets out there that, you know, that can definitely help you and you need to get help. Yeah. Like, don't you know, be afraid. Yeah, do not be and afraid to get help. it's not your fault. Yeah. That's the one thing. Yeah, a lot, lot of people think that it is, it's, it's their fault. It's their fault. No. It's not because of what you were wearing that, that night or it's not because of where you were. It's not your fault. No. If you didn't want it, it's not your fault. No, it's not. And, and that's especially, you know, speaking as a straight woman to other straight women, it's definitely not your fault. Mm -hmm. You did not ask for it. You mm -hmm. didn't, you know, you didn't condone this type of behavior. Like there was nothing that you did mm -hmm. period exactly. to warrant that kind of behavior towards yourself. And it's, it's unacceptable. Right. And for the LGBTQ plus community, the same thing goes for everyone out there. If it's not your fault, it's not, it is not your fault. All right. Well, I hope you, um, you guys enjoyed our show today. And um, again, reach out to us if you want to talk about your story pertaining to what we talked about today. If you have some insight on some of what our opinions were today, um, reach out to us on Instagram, Facebook. Um, you know, you can email us at one heart, one voice podcast at gmail.com. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. Yes. Thank you guys so much for listening. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed today's show. And if you or someone you know is struggling with coming out or dealing with another struggle in life, please reach out to myself or Sarah at One Heart, One Voice Podcast at gmail.com. That's one spelled out. We can speak privately, or if you would like to share your story on the show, we would be happy to bring you on because your story could help or save another life. And if you are in need of help, please reach out to a crisis center. You don't need to go through it alone. The numbers are, for suicide prevention, 1-800-273-8255. For addiction, 1-800-662-4377. And for sexual assault, 1-800-656-4673. Again, those numbers are for suicide prevention, 1-800-273-8255. For addiction, 1-800-662-4377. For sexual assault, 
656-4673. And please remember, you are not alone. Help is just a phone call away. Thank you.